Hey, welcome to LBM Training. This is our free resource. This is LBM Free Train. The idea behind this was that we would look at supporting those people that have been on our courses. One, with a little bit of an aid memoir for the other questions that get added into the course that really add value. So we thought we'd make a library of them that you can refer back to if you wish. Or if you've not been with us on a course, you can have a listen Maybe you're interested, maybe you're not, but it is a free resource. If it can help you, have it with our uh, deepest respect. So, a question that came up, we train, one of the aspects we train is uh, first aid. We do all levels of first aid. But it is quite worrying sometimes where old wives' tales, if you will, if you excuse the terminology, or if you look at myths, if you will, that, that sort of creep in around first aid. So, of course, recently we were asked, um, how do you avoid being sued um, for doing first aid? Which, obviously, is a concern if you, if you think that your livelihood, your income, your home life is going to be ruined by the fact that you've gone to save somebody's lives or life, then... Yeah, that, that's a massive concern. So, yeah, very valid question. But let's look at that. So, the acting question was um, putting somebody in the safe airway position or the recovery position, if you will, if you, if you still refer to it as that. So, we are talking about somebody that's unresponsive. They're not conscious. They're not awake. So, you can't ask them for consent. And there's an understanding that they would want your assistance. If they later come to and tell you to go away, they don't want your help, well, then that's the end of that. You've got no power to to force their hand. So you find somebody and you put them in the safe airway position. So you put them on the side so that they can breathe freely. And if they do... Uh, anything does come up into the airway, it can drain away. Quite straightforward. And in itself, a life-saving move. So you do that, and you're now concerned that you could be sued. So, already touched on the first thing, consent. So if you've got an awake casualty, an alert casualty, and you're talking to them, you would ask for consent. Hi, I'm here to help you, I'm a first aider. Do you want my help? If they say no... There's not a great deal you can do at that point. You can monitor them. You can call emergency assistance from the emergency services. But for yourself, there's not a great deal you can do there as a first aider. So you maintain and monitor the system. Now, the the thought of getting sued um, seems, seems to play on the same person's mind. So when we got to the CPR phase and we talk about the likely outcome of breaking ribs whilst doing CPR because of the pressures that you're doing, putting pressure through the sternum, through the ribs, the likelihood is you, you can break ribs. And we were going around in circles, that well, that's an assault. Well, it's, it's not an unlawful act for start, so you're not looking at an, an assault um, or a battery. Um, you're there with good intent to save somebody's life, and to do that, you're going to do CPR. There is an understanding, and there always has been really, um, in the courts in the UK, that it wouldn't be in the best interest of the UK 
if we were to sue first aiders because if I fall down in the street and you come and you give me CPR and you save my life and I'm, that's brilliant, thanks very much, I then sue you for a large sum of money because I've got injuries because you've done CPR on me and then I get my payout, you lose lots of money, you're home, etc. A month later, you're walking down the street and you, you come across me again and again I'm having a cardiac arrest. So I fall to the floor. Are you now going to do CPR to save my life, knowing that you just lost lots of money and been effectively sued? So no, you wouldn't do. And that was the idea of the court. Um, so to keep it in the best interest of the UK, there is, there's been no prosecutions of first aiders acting within the training. So it's something that isn't a real issue, but it does come up on every course, so I thought it's worth mentioning. The other thing worth mentioning is in 2015, there was the creation of the uh, SARA Act, which is Social Acts of Responsibility and Heroism. So it applies uh, for a court. Uh, they can consider this when they're looking at a negligence or a breach of statutory duty and whether the steps you've taken uh, has discharged your duty of care. So the point of it is to help volunteers, community groups, businesses, and people who go out of the way to act heroically, basically, uh, and help in dangerous circumstances. So it offsets all that concern of people doing, stopping them doing effectively good deeds in case they got sued or faced legal action, if if something went wrong. So, th at the time, the thinking to it was that it was necessary because we were getting this very compensation culture in the UK. So now there's this legislation that doesn't really bring anything new to the minds of judges because they were already considering um, that it wouldn't be in the best interest of the UK to prosecute people for, for doing first aid. And it was sort of coming into that area where you were considering negligence. So there's adjustments that can be made and we, we start to go towards Compensation Acts there, which I, I don't want to keep this. This is for your training. So in this case, around first aid. So the point of it is that act is in place to give you some protection whilst you're doing these good deeds. That doesn't mean to say that you can step outside your training. You know, if you, um, for example, have done an emergency first aid at work or you're on a six-hour basic first aid course, you have a knowledge of how to do those basic things you were taught on that course. That doesn't mean you start putting lines in and um, doing procedures that you have no training or knowledge to do. That would be something altogether different. But in a nutshell, yes, you can. Pull somebody who's unconscious, unresponsive, place them into the airway position without fear of prosecution. And that is a very quick sum up 
of uh, a question, well, a couple of questions that came up on a course that I thought might be a benefit for yourselves. So, nice, quick, easy, few minutes, bit of knowledge for yourselves to take away. If you'd like to know more, you require further first aid training. LBM does offer not only the, the basic qualifications of uh, emergency first aid at work, or first aid at work, the three-day course. We do 16-hour courses, uh, 16 and 12-hour courses. We do paediatric first aid, emergency paediatric first aid. We do heart start in schools, because I think it's a vital skill that young people should have the skill to start heart in an emergency situation, because they are our futures. So I would hope they can also help save our futures. Um, we offer rec training, outdoor first aid training, and also bespoke things. So if you've got specific needs, you need uh, plus Fs or trauma training, we have the experience, the skill set, and the courses to meet your needs. If you want to know more, find us at www.lbmtraining.co.uk or send us an email at info at lbmtraining.co.uk and we will be more than help, happy to help you. hope you've enjoyed this uh, free resource. If you have any ideas, drop us a line if you want something specific talking about, or just a question. If you've just got a question about first aid, ask it. We'll answer it for you. It doesn't cost you anything to ask a question. Okay. It's. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the first podcast, um, and we will be here each week. Take care. Look after yourselves. See you soon.